All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Drunk Friend Podcast. You know how it goes around here. I'm Trav of Nest Friend. That's Alex of Nest Drunk. And we get together every week to talk about or to uh, retro gaming enthusiasts. And we got a good show coming up today. But first, Alex, you've been on this hiatus, very brief hiatus. Hiatus. I have. Hiatus, as they say somewhere. Uh, what has that been like? And I also wanted to comment that uh, I saw that you uploaded a video today and I was like, huh. <laughs> Isn't that something? Taking a vacation, but still still working on his videos. What a guy. It's one of those things where I just can't help myself. <laughs> I just... Um, well, the, the video that I uploaded to my Patreon as like early access was the 13 worst Super Nintendo soundtracks. And it was something that I already had my 13 plotted out. And it's that's a very easy one to write because it's just making stupid jokes about bad music. And, you know, I grew up watching Mystery Science Theater. Uh, so, yeah, it was just real, came real natural. It's a real easy video to write. Um, so that one was just like, oh, I might as well just get this one done. And it's like a nine minute video. Yeah. So that's good. So in this in this hiatus, at least you've been able to capitalize on the time where you've not had to worry about putting out a video or answering yeah. comments and stuff to actually... Get ahead, and that'll help you. That'll take some of the stress off for the weeks to come. So that's, I think that works. That's the idea. And plus, I'm just kind of, I, I, I like I said, I can't help myself because uh, lately I've been playing Castlevania 2. Um, I'm not entirely sure why I ended up on Castlevania 2. It's just one of those games, kind of like Zelda 2, where it's like this game has this, you know, shady reputation. Some people hate it for dumb reasons. Shady reputation, like it's going to steal all your lunch money. It's going it, it, to dump your books. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to dent your car, you know, like key your car and all that sort of stuff. But no, I, I like games like that, that have, um, you know, it, it's hard to differentiate uh, between like what it was like at the time when it came out and what it's like now, because I'm sure at the time Castlevania 2 was a completely different beast than it is now. So it's one of those, I like thinking about that kind of stuff. And I just, when I play a game, I can't help but come up with these like dumb little observations. I write them down or I type them out in some, in some cases. And I ended up writing a, like 11 paragraphs on it. And yeah, there will be a video on that sometime soon. Very cool. Very cool. You bring up a good point though. Uh, wouldn't it be neat, I guess in some way, to be able to capture more of the genuine reaction at the time that a lot of these games that we cover were released because mm. I think about that too. Like when I'm playing a game, whether it's like in the middle of the series or something, I'm like, man, I don't really like this as much. I wonder if people felt the same way. You can always look to reviews. There's always there were magazines yeah. and publications back then, but those don't really capture the. I mean, even if you look at a Nintendo Power and it's like the the uh, the, the whatever they called the Nintendo Power uh, crew there that rated, and then the the reader reviews, they were always very different. And that, I guess that's one way to do it. But uh, I do, I wish there was like a forum or something from like 1988 I could go back to and be like, what do people fucking think of Mappy Land back then? <laughs> yeah, I know, talking right? about not it, like yeah. a There's not like a YouTube se- comment section for, for yeah. like a, a playthrough for that sort of stuff that where you can go and see what people think. Yeah, it's um, interesting. I mean, you could look I don't at know what else sales. I don't know, but that doesn't tell you uh, what people thought. That doesn't give you an indication of whether it was good or bad, just that people thought it would be good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, sales would be a better indication of marketing, advertising, that sort of, you know, that whole yeah, aspect yeah. of things. But yeah, it's Castlevania 2. It is just word of mouth based on what you knew from your friends, uh, from 
you know, other kids at school, that sort of thing. And that's all I went by. And I wasn't even that close to it because I didn't have an NES. My only NES exposure at the time was through my friend, uh, my best childhood friend, Dan. And, you know, I don't think he really was a big Castlevania guy. We were into mostly sports games, Mario, Zelda, that stuff. So, right. Yeah, it's uh, it's Castlevania 2. I don't know. I was I'm pretty much in the dark. Yeah, well, what, you know, there's, what about there's you? well, no, I I didn't have a lot of experience with it either. I'd only played one and three, so two mm. is one that uh, has always been. People just always said it was different, and I, I was like, I don't want it to be different. I want it to be Castlevania, so I just didn't play it. That seems to be a theme, though, with games. Uh, it's almost like a band when they record an album. They have their first album successful. Like, look at Pearl Jam ten. And then, uh, actually, Pearl Jam's probably not the best example, but maybe Stone Temple Pilots would be a good example because they had their first album, Core. Oh, yeah. And it sounds a certain way. And then they record their second album, Purple, and it sounds like kind of weird, kind of right. like 70s ish. And it's like kind of hard to put your finger on. I think games were like that back then, too, where it was like, uh, Mega Man X2 was was a little, you know, like and Donkey Kong Country 2 and technically Super Mario World 2 even though kind of Yoshi's Island was kind of its own game entirely, but a lot of sequels like kind of tried to take uh liberties. They they took more freedoms, they tried new things with the formula. They weren't satisfied with just doing like, "Hey, let's do more Donkey Kong Country." It's like, "No, let's have a new character. Let's get rid of this Donkey Kong bum." that the game is named after <laughs> yeah, and let's do, let's structure the, the stuff vertically and let's have jumping be a bigger part. Let's make it more a pure platformer. So that doesn't seem like that's the case anymore with game. I am not an authority on current <laughs> games, obviously, but it, do, it yeah. does seem like uh, the old school way of thinking was we're not going to put out the same thing again. We're going to yes start from scratch and do something completely different with this because it, it kind of felt like, you know, especially during the NES era when, uh, you know, we, we you know we got an extra button over the Atari. We have a start and select on the <laughs> keypad. Like, there was, uh, everyone was experimenting with everything. Like, you know, there wasn't really, a, it, even given the limitations, not many two games were alike. And I, I think that's yeah. sort of a credit to the, the Old West or the Wild West nature of the time was uh, even within a franchise, they were the same way. They were like, oh, we did that already. We already did side-scrolling platforming for this franchise, so now we have to do upside-down vertical platforming with a light gun. <laughs> we have to try it. Well, even the Mega Man series, as, as samey as they are, oh, they that's still a good one, do yeah. stages like Gravity Man, where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, everything's upside-down, just as you said. <laughs> yeah, and, and Mega Man is the only example I can think of where the sequels were yeah. almost... You know, consistent. It, where the consistency was definitely there, yeah. I mean, even the Marios differed quite a bit. Um, oh, it, yeah. Same recipe, but... Well, I guess same formula, but the recipe was very different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, anyway. Speaking of classic games, we were definitely guests on a very fun podcast called the Classic Gaming Podcast that came out this month. A few days ago, yeah. That's my buddy Rob. Uh, he ha- I've been on this podcast, I think, five or six times. Um, and his friend Jay has been the co-host there the whole time. This podcast has been around for, I uh, what episode number were we? Like 150-something? I want to so, say 147, but I, I make up numbers sometimes, so don't quote <laughs> it's, it's something. It's way up there. And every podcast they do is, it's basically Rob's project, and they um, every podcast they do is like super long form, 
it's really cool. I it, and it really is just like sit around and talk about what you've been playing, um, any funny observations, and they do a really fun top five list. In this case, for them, it was top five most misleading titles. Oh yeah, and that's always fun because there are a lot of those from going back in the day. I think my number five was pretty lame. I got off to a slow start with Zombies Ate My Neighbors because <laughs> you didn't actually see any zombies ate, eating neighbors, but I, I realized after the fact, it's like, oh, it's Zombies Ate My Neighbors. So it's like a bunch <laughs> of guys that are already like full of human flesh that, you know, they're, they're, they're full. They're not eating. They're, they've eaten them. So. <laughs> that whole segment was hilarious. I, I loved that, it. I thought it was great. Yeah, that was the most fun I've had in a long time was we all had... Completely different titles. I thought for sure one of us would overlap, but we had, uh, between the four of us there with our top fives, we had 20 pretty hilarious takes on misleading yeah. titles, and uh, it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, definitely check that out. You can actually find it on ClassicGamingPodcast.com, and it is episode 147. It says featuring Drunk Jeez. Friend right in the title, so you can't miss it. You remembered that on the nose. Good job by you. I mean, sometimes with these numbers, man, I can do it. <laughs> so what are you drinking, Trav? Tonight, I, I took a little... Um, I took a little play, I don't know, page out of your playbook, I guess you could say. I'm drinking a Stone Uh-oh. Stone Brewing. I got a I got a little um ba- uh, variety pack earlier today. Oh. I'm really? drinking yeah, I'm drinking their Tiki Escape IPA. I'm an IPA guy. I enjoy this. Uh I don't know what that is at all. I've never heard of that. With Sabro and Mosaic, which I thought were two things you would put in a window. I didn't know that <laughs> Beer could have it. So it's a 7.7% alcohol, but it's called the Tiki Escape IPA by Stone. So uh, it's very good, actually. I like it. What else is in that? Oh, man. I don't know. All right. I'm sorry. I don't want to make you go look for it. (laughs) No, I'm holding it in my hand. I'm like, I don't know. Where does it say? It says, don't drink it pregnant. In the rest of the, um, the, what do you call it? The variety pack. pack. Yeah. I thought you were asking for like ingredients for the beer. I'm like, I know know water is one of them. Um, it's got alcohol. That's barley. No. The, um, <laughs> the, well, I will say the one that we drink, because you know, the way that we do these episodes is we interview the person and then we do the intro after. So while we were talking to White Hat, I was drinking the uh, Buena Vesa Salt and Lime Lager. Salt and Lime Lager. Wow. They will, are coming up with stuff I've, I, I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. I will say that one tasted more like somebody like, captured rain on a trash can lid like it didn't taste great <laughs> but it was wet but this other one That's over here i'm drinking an the, endorsement yeah not that one i mean i would just say it's run-of-the-mill run-of-the-mill trash Sorry, can Stone. lid water but the uh the please t- sponsor us if you get the opportunity <laughs> i will do beer reviews uh tiki oh escape ipa is, pr- is pretty good it tastes exactly like uh sab sabro and mosaic is is right in there so i am enjoying it <laughs> i was gonna say aren't those photoshop filters i think they are yeah weird <laughs> <laughs> so what are you drinking? Uh, gin. Ah! I don't remember what kind of gin. I just know it's uh well it's it's in this weird fancy Japanese bottle and I can't remember the name of the company off the top of my head, but I just have a glass. Just um, just just plain old gin. Yeah. Wow. That's that, that's just kind of how it is with me. That's how <laughs> vacations for, or I I should say YouTube vacation. You're still going to work every day, but you're Yeah, you- no, it's uh I don't know. It's just what I felt like. It, it felt when it, when I heard white hat. Uh, what, what's the what's the joke? It's some, there's a joke somewhere in some show. Oh God! And I want it served in a white hat. It's 
Wow. I think I think it's when um Barney it's the B Sharps episode of The Simpsons when Barney gets his Yoko Ono and they they go to Moe's and it, Yoko Ono is like I want blah 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 and I want it served in a white hat. And Moe's like two beers coming up. <laughs> wow. And that kind of like made me think like hey, how about gin? Cuz I want it served in a white hat. You're so uh There you go. Your Simpsons memory is, and that makes it's, sense about Yoko Ono because she's always wearing a white hat. So I get it now. I get it thirty years oh, later. I get it. I recommend that episode, be the B Sharp's episode. It's like the season premiere of like either season six or season seven, one of those. But it's it's a really 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 funny episode that I don't hear too many people talking about. But yeah, I'm a big big, and I want to specify Simpsons two through ten, seasons two through ten. Two through one 10? is a little too. Yeah, one is a little too rough. It's Two rough. is right on the nose. Yeah. Three is even better. Four just gets better. And it just gets better. Nine gets a little rough. There's some not so great episodes. Ten, there's some not so great episodes. And then 11, it's just like abandoned ship. Like, get off of the, get off of the boat. It's bad. I, but, I will say um, that uh, you, I, I agree with you as, an, as another Simpsons fan. I agree mm. with you that two through ten... Are, is definitely the strong suit. That's if I'm going to point someone new to The Simpsons, I say don't venture out of that box. But I yeah. will say I have enjoyed all the way up to season 16. I think there's some good stuff through there. After that, though, they change the palette. The palette of the characters are different. They go to that like digital, the digital art style, which is like a little too clean. Oh, it's like, it's like my music. I like my Simpsons a little grungier. I like them a little hand drawn. But this yeah. is, uh, it's different. It's a different feel. And the jokes. You know, they're not really. It's more of a. It becomes more of a celebrity cameo um, they, machine. They go through that phase. Yeah, uh, I think Where they're still they? in it. I think if they can find it, yeah. I liked when a celebrity would come in and be a character, and not themselves. But the celebrity yeah. always has to be the celebrity. Like Homer knows more celebrities. Like it just it doesn't make sense to the show. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll do a we Simpsons podcast another another time. Oh, uh, oh, I would love that. '90s Simpsons podcast. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah, that we, is my wheelhouse. Yeah, we'll definitely we'll pull that off at some point. Let's get into emails real quick, though, so we can get to our guest. Uh, first off, this is from Carl. He says, hi, guys. First of all, love the show. He put love in all caps. Love the show. Mm. I listen to it while taking my daughter for walks. Great company. Love the spontaneous nature of the podcast. Keep it up. Here's a question. What's your favorite ninja game from the 8-bit, 16-bit era? Feel free to define ninja game as you see fit. I like Shinobi 3 for the Genesis with Ninja Gaiden 2 for NES being a close second. Cheers from Sweden, Carl. And that's not Carl from West Virginia Wrestling, by the way, which is from the video I sent you a few days ago. Oh my gosh. Never that. <laughs> Inside joke, folks. Inside joke. Oh, that's the best video I've ever seen. <laughs> Basically, I, I, it was an independent wrestling video, and the first it was like a roster rundown of some like indie wrestling thing, and the first guy was just like, "I'm Carl," and it showed like <laughs> his name underneath, and it was Carl, and I'm like, I wonder if this is the same guy. It's like, no, nope, he's from Sweden. He's not from West Virginia. My favorite but, was the lanky, absolutely non-muscular <laughs> guy that was that was a luchador. And he was just oh, oh. It was something junior. I can't remember. Yeah, oh, so good. Yeah, West Virginia wrestling man. That's where it's at. Anyway, Carl, sorry. Uh, Ninja games. Um, you, you know, know Ninja Golf. 
I don't know that I've played Ninja Golf. Oh, Ninja Golf for Super, uh, Super, uh, Super S- Sega Master System. Oh, I've not got played. one of the most hilarious covers ever. It's not Ninja Golf. It's just oh, kind of a looks like golf a game. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh, I recently I played through Wrath of the Black Manta for the NES, oh. and uh, that was a pretty fun ninja game. Ooh. I got to throw some some shurikens and rescue some kids. You're going fun. off the map here. What about uh, Shadow of the Ninja for NES? That's another good one. I've dabbled in that. That is good. I've not. I've not played. I've not played uh, a ton of it, so I don't feel like I got a good grip on it. But it is good from what su- I can tell. Shinobi is always also a good choice. Uh, it's oh yeah. it's, it's good on multiple platforms even. Sh- uh, Shadow of the Ninja is Natsume, and they're one of the my pick for like the most underrated developer. Or I'm underrated is a bad word, but but just most underappreciated. Yeah, I agree developer. With that. Of yeah. the 90s, because they've made so many good games, and nobody, you know, they're not, like, on a household name basis, like Capcom or Konami or Squaresoft or whatever. Yeah, though that's but, a good um, one, for sure. I mean, and then my also, favorite I mean, is you could say the Ninja Turtles are ninjas. And oh, I, you totally could. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. yeah no, I, you could totally go uh, Turtles in Time or yeah, Turtles I, 3 for NES. I enjoy, I was sticking to my, I was staying in my lane over here. I think Turtles 3 on the NES is, is a very mm. solid choice. Yeah. Nice. I think for me, uh, I'm partial to Hagane, even though that game's become kind of a meme over the years because it's so expensive Yeah, as a cartridge. It was, it was a blockbuster only, right? Is that right? Oh, blockbuster. Is that not right? Don't you start, because <laughs> you're just starting me down a path of rage. Um, no, it's it's not a blockbuster exclusive. There's no proof of that. It's just a regular-ass game. Um <laughs> What I like about it is that it is just the right kind of difficult. It's really tough, but it's not tough to the point of being ridiculously unfair. Um, it allows... You have so many abilities. Your character has got so much stuff to be able to do. And yeah, it, it just works. It just clicks with my brain. I really like it. Ninja Gaiden and... Uh, Ninja Gaiden, I, I really don't like the first game. I, I, I think I'm just kind of sick of it because it's, it's so brutally difficult. But uh, Ninja Gaiden Two, Ninja Gaiden Three, they they work for me. Shinobi Three is one of the, is arguably a top five Genesis game, but uh, Hagane would be my choice for sure. I think it's a good choice. Rudy wrote in, and um, or I should say, Rudy Gutierrez wrote in, and I just want to say that my childhood dog was named Rudy. Oh. And his name was Rudy T Dog, but um, I props to the name Rudy. I have much respect for any Rudy that exists in the world. So thank you for writing us, Rudy. Was you're, your dog named after the Sean Astin film <laughs> about Notre Dame? <laughs> With Charles S. Dutton. Don't forget him. Oh, I'm sorry. As the janitor. Should have said him first. My you're, bad. You're five foot nothing. <laughs> you weigh a hundred and nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and you think you got something to prove? Sorry, I, that movie gets me going. We can also um, do 90, we, a, a 90s Sean Astin episode too if you'd like. 90s Sean Astin episode. I don't know if there's enough. It was just Rudy, right? And the first uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, jeez, was he in School Ties? No, that was Brendan Fraser. Oh no, he was in Encino Man. Uh, I was yes, that's what he was in. Okay, yeah, that's it. That's all I know. He was light in the 90s, man. <laughs> it's it's not a full episode from us for sure. We're not gonna do. We're not gonna talk about Bullworth. Or a deter- <laughs> what it was deterrence? I didn't even watch that. He was Ralph in Deterrence. I don't even know what that is. I haven't thought of the movie Bullworth in a very long time. All right, Rudy says, "Hey guys, greetings from Costa Rica. Hey, I used to know a guy from there. 
Just writing to let you know that I love your podcast. So laid back, informative, and funny. Your guests are great too. I discovered your podcast kind of late and I'm catching up on all your previous episodes. Thank you for that. Just finished listening to episode 13 and I could really relate to Travis when he mentioned that he couldn't get into the Metroid Prime series. I'm a huge Metroid fan. Super Metroid is my favorite game of all time, hands down. And I was really pumped to try the Prime series. I got the trilogy steelbook for the Wii and I just couldn't get into it. Through no fault of the designers and developers, I was constantly disoriented and therefore hesitant to explore my surroundings, a staple of one of the joys of Metroid games. That's a good point. I guess it was just my inability to adapt to the first-person view. Like Travis said, I guess I'm also just a 2D Metroid guy. Yeah, I loved yeah. your discussion. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, I, I think I kind of am too. I do like the first Metroid Prime. Um, I was lucky enough to try it at like one of those GameCube event things that were like in a tent and all the it was before the games came out and they were like set up in booths oh. and i played like a demo of metroid prime and it was fucking cool like it was like you played up to the first boss fight basically which was right away and it felt like next level this is like 2002 2003 something like that and it was incredible so i'm always going to be partial to the first metroid prime i won't say i was any good at it but i still really like what that game tried what about you you're not a good uh you're not a big uh metroid 3d guy i i've dabbled and i want to i want to i haven't given up that's the thing though I, i'm still looking for i think metroid prime 3 to add to the collection um i have the first Do couple you have a gamecube <laughs> i think you've asked me this before and i said i have several oh, okay um, that's right that's this is the one you have like three of okay yeah. never mind you never know, because well, I'll tell you why actually. Because at uh, at Magfest every year, my crew, my posse, my boys, my group, uh, we we go in there and we have the the adapters that uh, let you play LAN, and they're very hard oh. to come by. They're very rare, and there's only a couple games that support it. Mario Kart okay. Double Dash is one of them. We actually set that up. That's our setup at Magfest. People come and play that, so you can play. You know, eight people can be in the same Double Dash set up there so i have a few of those game cubes to donate to that whenever the time comes but i also have them plugged in and active at my house in case you know if covid ever ends i can see a human being again uh, they can come and enjoy that with me but but yeah so i do have a lot of game cubes and i do want to get into the metroid prime series again i just don't know when but i i haven't given up right on and yeah it's you got an endorsement over here i think i think it's good but well, I trust you, man. Uh, You're the reason I, I started making videos. So if you say it's good, then I have to, if it's worth playing today, I mean, I have to I, give I it a shot. I haven't played it in like 15 years, but anyway, <laughs> Rudy continues. Uh, I loved your discussion about college sports video games, and I was wondering what you thought of the 2K series. To me, 2K was always better and more innovative than the EA offerings, both in the college and pro areas. Thanks and keep up the good work. Rudy Gutierrez. And I think we know your thoughts on the 2K series since you're a aficionado of NCAA 2K uh, 2K14 I should say. Yes, which is an EA game. I should we should specify even though it's Oh, is he the, talking about the Sega games? I think he's talking like about the, 2K like 2K the the developer um because of oh, the Oh, I got mixed up. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so they made uh recently they've been on they have the NBA license and so they've made a lot of the oh. NBA 2K and all of that and uh I think recently 2K has gotten a lot of 
a lot of flack for some of the stuff that they've been doing. Like I think they want to now charge seventy dollars for the new oh, NBA two K, and yeah. which people are pushing back on because you know one, it's a, it's a yearly franchise, and 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 no doubt it takes you know hundreds of people to put these games together, and they're they're very intense, uh, you know, high graphic fidelity. A lot of work goes into them. Sure, I I I don't. I'm not saying that people deserve less money, but it's. I think it's just the idea that it's a yearly franchise and the upgrades are minimal year to year minimal, for the most part. Yes. But they're also it, laden with microtransactions on top of that, and you yeah. have to like pay to get your my character, you know, your character to 99. You kind of have to pay to do that, I think, or maybe it's that you can pay to do that, so some people can just cheat through the game by doing that. So it's kind of like that mobile, that mobile game ethics question. You know, it's yeah. like. Do we let people just pay to dominate, or do you have to just earn it for nine weeks by tapping a button like a hamster? So I, I think they've they've done some things that a lot of people don't really like. I actually haven't played much modern sports games, so I don't really have a good feel for um, the landscape between EA and 2K in that way. But growing up, I kind of had to just like EA because they made most of the sports games I enjoyed. I you know, there was like 989 Studios. I think they made some stuff uh, at the turn mm. of the century um, for, you know, football and that kind of thing. And I, I got into some of those. But I think the EA formula was just the one I was raised on and the one that I was kind of better at. And that's why I played them. I don't really have another excuse besides that. Yeah. No, I'm I'm in the exact same boat as you where I thought 2K meant like. <laughs> I did. I I didn't catch the EA part of his email because I thought 2K meant uh you know NCAA and that sort of stuff. But yeah, no, I I I'm in the same boat. I don't know that many other uh, sports games that are modern, so I can't can't really speak on that. I stick to Griffey Baseball for Super Nintendo for sure. I will say, I think a question or maybe a point that could be derived from this is, you know, how like a lot of the pro sports, um, I get, I don't know, confederations or or leagues or whatever, like the MLB, the NBA, the NFL, they sort of give nowadays they give exclusive licenses to one company, which I think is a huge mistake because there's no yeah. competition, yep. and and I I know like people that don't like sports games hate to go into a sports store and just see you know, aisles and rows and rows of, of sports games that have become obsolete within a few months, just, you know, cluttering, um, all the shelves. And I hate that too, honestly, but, but it, without any, um, competition, which is, it's ironic that sports games have no competition, but there's no competition between these companies to make, you know, better games or games that people would rather buy Instead, they they get the full licenses and then they can fill them full of mi- microtransactions and milk us all for all they're worth. So uh, I haven't bought I haven't bought a sports game off the shelf since that twenty fourteen NCAA football game that I bought you know almost eight years ago at this point. Thank you Ed O'Bannon for ruining my Ed adulthood. <laughs> well, that's the thing is there's no incentive for them to improve these games at all because they dominate the market. Yeah. Um they they can do whatever they want. And yeah, and it, at least not improve them in like a player friendly way or like a consumer friendly way. Like no. they are beautiful and they do play well. Like there's no doubt that they're you know, I think 2K11 I played that and even in you know 2K11 came out so it was like 2010 when I played it. 
I remember my my girlfriend at the time coming in the room while I was playing that game, and she was like, "What game are you watching?" And I'm like, "I'm actually playing this." Like even at that ah. time, it looked like really good. Like you know, even for yeah. basketball, where faces yeah. are very important, and the crowd has to look good, and the shorts have to swish and swash and look good. I mean, it, it looked good then. So they they definitely don't skimp on. Uh, I guess the visual aspect of it all, and they make good games. It's just sort of the disregard for the consumer in terms of like, you really want to charge me more for this than any other game on the market, and I'm going to have to buy it again next year. Like, come on. Yeah, exactly. I think the game I've heard complained about the most in terms of just cheapness, in terms of just laziness, was is the FIFA series. And oh right, yeah. I can't say I have any experience in that, but just based on what I see on Twitter and on Reddit and stuff like that, there's so much cheap nonsense and just laziness of, you know, like goalies, like their heads bending at weird angles. So the ball misses their head. (laughs) So the computer can score a goal or something like that. You know, it's, it's just the most wonky, like broken stuff ever. And they, I think I really, it does appear that they feel like they can do whatever they want. Yeah. Uh, because they own the market and that's really too bad. Because it didn't used to be that way. It used to be, back in my day, it was Joe Montana, Sports Talk Football, <laughs> and, and the Madden series, and we liked it. We loved it. You know, as <laughs> old man uh, Dana Carvey from SNL. Well, it's true, but, man. If you if you look at a Sega Genesis catalog, which was, I guess, the sports console uh, of the era that we're really sure. tied to... Uh, there were there you know in one year maybe it was 1994 1995 there had to be like 10 different NFL licensed football games i mean there was the <laughs> Emmett Smith one the Troy Aikman one i mean two guys on the same team had their own game and yep. then like Joe Sterling Montana Sharp, had a game Joe yeah. Montana uh, there was quarterback uh, Madden. club Madden yeah quarterback club was another one that was heavily advertised yeah, and then uh, there was just regular shit like Super Nintendo Pro Football, like just oh stuff God. that didn't matter. NFL football. <laughs> it's yeah. so bad. ESPN yep. had their own franchises. The yep, ESPN, ESPN Monday Night Football. With, with um, uh, Chris Berman in yeah. the studio. Ugh. Whoop. Yeah. <laughs> Whoop. whoop, whoop. <laughs> so, I mean, and, and that you could say maybe is, is it, maybe it's not great to have that many, but certainly more than one. Well, more than one Please. company making making a, a sports game would be great. Please, uh, and really, can we just oh. get Sculptured Software to bring back uh, Griffey Baseball? That would just be oh, Software Creations. See, I knew I was wrong. Ugh, I'm sorry, Griffey Baseball. I bow to the temple of Griffey Baseball and beg your forgiveness. By the way, you know that game did not come out in Europe or in Japan. It just came out in North America. I could see Europe, but Japan's weird. Yeah. That's a big baseball market. Yeah, it's a big baseball market, and it's Japan owned the Mar. I don't know if they owned the Mariners at that point, but... Oh, that, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But it was and plus, like... Plus, I guess, they, you... you know, Ichiro wasn't there, so they didn't have, like, their athlete tie-in, like... Yeah, Ichiro was about seven years away, so... <sighs> Jesus, and he played for 30 years. We're old. He's one of my all-time favorites, that guy. Ichiro just celebrated his 95th birthday yesterday. That's how old we are. (laughs) That's the thing. He's one of those guys, you look at him, he could very easily pass for like 30 or 60. Yeah, I know. He's one of those guys that like defies time. Yeah. I mean, he did play until like his early 40s, right? 
Oh yeah, yeah. He was like forty three or forty four when he retired. But yeah, that's insane. If you and look at him now, it's years like, ago. Is, is that guy thirty or is he like a a, a great grandfather? Like, I don't know. <laughs> He's it's very just, timeless. Yeah, yeah. He's a time traveler. All speaking right, so speaking up, of a time traveler, speaking yes. of time in general, coming yes. up next is someone who just honestly popped on our radar out of the blue. Actually, popped into my comments feed out of the blue. He has speedrun. I don't know what the past tense of speedrun is. He has sped ran. He has sped ran over a hundred and fifty different games, mostly from the NES, the best system out there, and in almost half of those, he has the speedrun record. And he'll be performing a couple of games live at summers, uh, Summer Games Done Quick here in about one month, and that'll be virtual, of course. But please stick around for White Hat ninety four. Okay, good evening, Mr. Hat, White Hat 94. Thanks for jumping on here with us. We really appreciate it. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing just fine. How are you all doing? Good, good. It's very hot where I'm at. I'm sure, Alex, uh, you're you're right on the equator. How are things in Albuquerque? <laughs> yeah, well, actually, it's it's cooled off a bit the past couple of days. It's a, it's a cool, crisp 95 degrees, which is a, a respite from the 100, 102 that uh, we've had to deal with the past few days, so. Back to Mr. Hat here. So to wet the audience to you somewhat, you recently posted on Twitter that you would be once again performing for Games Done Quick, this time, of course, virtually. You've been speedrunning for a long time. What is it like doing your thing in front of so many people at those events? Uh, well, it's quite a, bit, uh, quite a bit different from normally when you're just doing like personal best attempts. It's just me on my couch with however many people are watching my stream, usually not that many. But yeah, it's it's a whole like a whole another level of stress. Uh, if you're actually like on the stage, they have like there's like makeup people they they do you before and really wow. not not a whole lot just like to get rid of like the shine. <laughs> oh, I suppose yeah, that makes sense. It's it, that's still something I didn't even think was part of that. That's that's a step above. I thought it was just like yeah, next that's a more, sta- and then you a more just... recent thing within like the past year or two. They have like an actual makeup person on hand. That's crazy. So w- when you're getting ready to go, so you have you get a schedule. I don't. I guess there's no schedule yet for for this upcoming GDQ, but you know the games that you're going to be doing, right? Yeah, the schedule is actually already out. Yeah. Okay. So what what's it like leading up to when you're getting ready to go out there? Are you pretty nervous, or is it you've done this so many times, your muscle memory is, is on point, you have no hesitation that anything could possibly go wrong i mean i'm sure things can but what's your stress level like oh uh, i'm nervous every single time yeah <laughs> <laughs> like does that does the nerve do the nerves like stay the whole time or when you get started you kind of get locked in and you forget about all that stuff yeah exactly so it's like you have to like weather like the initial storm of like yeah. there's major nerves for like like once you get through like the first level like i've done mega man like once you're through like cutman stage like you're usually Pretty pretty relaxed at that point. Well, not not relaxed, but <laughs> not super nervous. So I've always been curious. A lot of uh, in most of the speedruns that you watch on GDQs, there's always, of course, the couch, the couch team. Um, are those people that are typically in your posse, or are they just people that know the game also and can provide some commentary? 
or and I've seen some of this in some of the videos that you've posted and, and we you know did a little bit of homework on you before you came on sometimes you're having to commentate your own way through the games as you play them and that has to be I mean that's not something that you you're typically doing on your your twitch stream so is does that add I guess an extra layer of um, I don't know distraction to what you're doing yeah so the the couch uh, behind you it's picked by the runner so you can either have like your friends or other people that run the game. Uh, I think for all of my runs, I've done commentary on my own, which is a mistake in my, <laughs> I, I would say, <laughs> because yeah, it is, it's a whole, it's really hard to do good commentary and play well at the same time. Like that's, I bet it, it, it seems to me like it would be like singing and playing guitar at the same time, which I can't do either. But if I had to do both, it would be hilariously terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you feel pressure to be like entertaining and funny while you're doing that? Or are you just trying to explain what you're doing? Uh, for me, it's kind of more just explain. I don't I don't really, I don't know that I go for the super funny that I have yeah. that, but. <laughs> That's tough, man. So yeah. Summer Games Done Quick is, <clears throat> excuse me, is coming up on uh, August 26th through the, and it's running through the 23rd, it looks like. 16th through the 23rd. Oh, I'm sorry. 26th. <laughs> That would be that would not make sense uh, unless it goes for an entire year. But uh, you'll be doing Micro Mages, which is very interesting, and Contra Rebirth. Uh, did you have other games that you wanted to do, and they just selected those two for you, or how does the game selection process work with events like that? Yeah, so you can you can submit up to uh, five games, and you, I think you can submit a couple of categories for each game. So the other the other ones I submitted submitted Project Blue, which is another awesome NES homebrew. I submitted Chronos Twins DX, which is a, a WiiWare game, which is really interesting. Mm. And I think I had one more throwaway in there that I was just saying. I just threw something in. <laughs> so when you're submitting these, are you submitting, I guess, your some like videos of you actually completing it? Or what's the verification process like for that? Yeah, you have to put... Uh, I, just, I just always submit my PB runs. Uh, I know other people will, will like play their PB run and then do like additional commentary over top of it. I've always just submitted my straight PB run. And Oh, I guess they treat it as like an audition maybe, like hey, I can I can also engage an audience and do this at the same time. Kind of? Like I mean, I've mm. I've never done additional commentary on top, so maybe because I've gone in right. before, like it's not as important. Like, maybe if you're like unknown and you had great commentary, that could like pull you through. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair yeah. i was gonna say they probably know who you are at this point so they're just like oh this is what he wants to do this time that's we're, we're cool with that that's that works so and as far as micromages go goes that is a relatively new game uh would you call that game easier or more difficult than other retro games how does it measure up in terms of difficulty in terms of uh speed runability i guess too uh yeah micromages that came out uh it's a Pretty much a brand new NES game. It came out in 2019. Uh, how it compares, I don't know. They're they're all different. It has it has like one trick in it called the Superfly, where you fly up with the bird power up, and that it's like a, a two frame trick. So you have was it one thirtieth of a second, something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And depending on how many of those you want to do or go for. That elevates the level. One thing that bugs me about that game, I shouldn't say bugs me, but the thing that stands out about Micromages is how small your character is. 
did that take was there like any sort of adjustment period for you uh when playing that because your character is tiny especially compared to some of the other stuff you play uh does that factor into anything at all uh not so much i actually play on like a close to 30 inch crt so it's usually pretty fine you're fine (laughs) (laughs) and i i also i i beta tested the game so i had a oh okay a little more experience from that also what kind of crt do you have uh it's a old panasonic big (laughs) curved curved crt (laughs) How nice. much does it weigh, do you think? Like 400 pounds? <laughs> yeah, probably 150 to 200. They're, they're monsters. <laughs> See, I, I really wish I still had mine. I had like a Sony Trinitron. It was like 27 inches. But I, just, I, was, I had moved three times in five years, and I was just like, I am so sick of this thing. So I just had to give it away. But yeah, now I've been in the same spot now for almost six years, and I really wish I still had. I just have a tiny little viewing monitor at this point, but... Yeah, I, I am super jealous of anyone that has uh, that level of um, of uh, CRT ness, I guess. So we have to, we do have to ask, um, what in your opinion is the hardest game that you've you've got the number one speed record for? Uh, I don't know. See, that's like a tricky question because I, I could say like speedrun wise or like overall perception, like casually for what the game is. What's both? I would, do you have a different answer for each? Uh, yeah. I, for, for like casually wise, I mean, I, it has to be Holy Diver. Nice. It's we were exactly taking bets on that earlier. At. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's like, I don't know widely, but it's in like top five for what people say is the hardest, hardest to beat NES game. Which sucks because it's so cool. Everything about it's yeah. so cool, but it's it's. It's so hard. I had, uh, and I've I've seen you just destroy it through your speed run. But I was using like um, you know emulation and save states, and there was Ooh. several <laughs> just to, just to see what the rest of the game looked like. And there were parts I couldn't get past with infinite save states for like thirty minutes, just doing the same thing over and over. And yep. I was like, my God, how? So yeah, I definitely agree with that one. So so that's your casual answer, right? Yeah. Well, actually, with Holy Diver, there's there's a uh, an input glitch in that game that if you press any two buttons like a and b start in a a direction in a uh one of them guaranteed gets eaten by the game and hmm. the the first one one of the inputs yeah one of the one of the two inputs will get eaten that the like okay so and the first one to get eaten is the jump button so if you're oh. if you're standing like on the edge and you go to hit right and jump it is gonna just hold right, and you're just gonna walk off. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. That's useful information right there. That is, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's consistent. So once you know about it, then it's, then yeah. it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess my thing is like for a new game like micro micro mages and how much you know knowledge is built over time in the speedrunning community to be a, about a specific game. Everyone builds on each other's concepts and and tricks and and all of that. For a new game like Micro Mages, is it kind of the Wild West when it comes to finding new new tricks and avenues for speedrunning? Yeah, exactly. And that's one of my favorite parts about speedrunning is coming up with new routes and like routing games out, which is why gravitating to like homebrew games because nobody has run them yet when they come out. <laughs> right, yeah. 
Yeah, interesting. I was going to ask about some of the other games that you've you speedrun as well, because and folks can go do this. You can go to speedrun.com slash user slash white hat 94 and get the full resume here of of speedruns. And I guess is this all of the ones that have, um, I guess, ranked, so to speak? Is that how you would qualify the things on this website? Uh, yeah, just I mean, versus other people that have submitted. So there's like there could be runs on uh, like Nico Nico, the Japanese. It's like kind of like a Japanese YouTube. There's runs mm-hmm. that are like buried on there that people might not know about. But for yeah, okay, people that just submit them themselves. So Alex and I were talking about this before you came on. We were going through this list, just you know, ooing and aahing at all of the the great times on some of these games. But the thing I noticed about a lot of the games is that it's not the not ones that I would consider maybe you know, very popular games are not even ones that are very commonly speedrun. Uh, some of them are, but a lot of them are, you know, especially for me, I consider them to be of the more obscure or difficult NES games like, um, you know, Holy Diver you've already mentioned. Um, stuff like Chiller is not very common. Um, you know, even Smash TV is considered hard. Blues Brothers is one that I don't think anybody really enjoys per se. So do you <laughs> gravitate toward the games that you think, okay, not a lot of people are playing this. I can really make my mark on this game. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's so much more fun for me to come up with uh, my own strats and then, yeah, exactly. Leave leave my mark on the game. That's, that's way more interesting than picking up uh, a game that already has like a route defined. Well, one of the games listed here is Stanley, The Search for Dr. Livingston, and that is a game I mentioned to Trav that I think, like, hey, this is a goofy game, I think, needs more information out there in the, in the universe, and uh, he did a great video on it uh, a couple months ago, I think, Yeah. and um, it's, lo and behold, here we have the, the number one any percent run on it at 33 minutes, or at least 32 minutes, 58 seconds. Trav, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, incredible. I, I do think a big part of that game is just figuring out where the hell to go. So I, I guess know, right? W- once you know that, you can really shave off about five hours. So that's pretty. <laughs> <Five> <laughs> I mean, from my point of view, anyway, I'm not. Uh, I'm definitely nowhere near a speedrunner. So, so that's incredible, man. A lot of these times are just insane. So let's take it way, way back. So, how what games did you grow up with? When did you think like, hey, I I want to learn. You know, I want to get into the speedrunning community. What did you grow up with? You know, give us a little bit of history into how you got here. Uh, yeah, so we had NES growing up. I think my, my brother had a Master System, so we, we rarely played that. But NES, yeah, Mega Man's, Mario, uh, like Turtles, uh, usually like the usual suspects. Right. Was there one game you gravitated toward back then, or was it just everything? I mean, we play. I would play like most of the stuff we had, but yeah, one of the games I've speedrun, TNC Two: Thrill of Safari. That that was actually the first game that I ended up speedrunning, which is a game oh, I had nice. as a kid. <laughs> nice, yeah. That game is is already kind of a higher paced game as is, so I can definitely see how getting faster at it would be sort of a natural progression to to playing it. Yeah, it was. I was like, well, I can already beat this game, so this is probably a good one to just start with. And there were, I think, there were. No runs or one run at the time. Do you have that record now? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I just I googled I just control F to your extremely <laughs> long list that is not alphabetized. It's hard to find anything in this thing. So yeah, seriously, yeah. you gotta like you're scrolling. For, it's it's like uh, Tom Hanks's Wikipedia page. Like you're just keep, you keep scrolling, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. 
I gotta ask though, um, do you ever like just nope out of a game as you're practicing, either because the game just sucks, or maybe because of something else, or you, it's just like, oh, this this isn't a good fit, or what? What would be a reason if if that were to happen, like why you would stop practicing a game? Uh, if it's just not fun or not interesting. There's, I'm trying to think. There's there's at least one game that I like. I tried to learn it like like three different times, and I was just like. <laughs> It just was not happening. <laughs> just because it wasn't fun. I can't. I I think so. I I I can't remember what the game was. There's mm. one. There's one game I can remember. Thunder and Lightning on the NES, which is like a oh, yeah. kind of like Arkanoid. And I was I was doing runs for it, and it's just it's just not very good. <laughs> <laughs> so just a lot of like tedium and stuff like that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was tedious and it was hard. It was hard to beat. So like, I was I got to the final level like once, I think, and then I was like, "Ah, so somebody else gonna have this free free record." <laughs> <laughs> Let this be someone else's problem. So, so I have to ask because um, you know, on your list here, you're you've currently got the forty first rank time for Ninja Gaiden, um, which in and of itself is really freaking good. I I don't you know everybody knows how hard that game is. And it's a really popular speedrun game for the NES. So, you know, getting 41st is impressive enough. But I'm just curious, like, when did you decide that, like, okay, I'm done with this one. I want to move on to something else. And I'm curious if you'll ever come back to Ninja Gaiden and try and improve your time. Uh, I think Ninja Gaiden is probably actually the game that got me kind of interested in speedrunning. Oh. Like, originally, I think I... Because it's, it's another one that's known as a really hard game, which is a, something else that can draw me towards a game, if it has that reputation. And I watched Sinister One's, like, really old tutorial, and ended up, like, I could consistently beat it. And then, after I started speedrunning, I came back to it. I think I think my Ninja Gaiden PB is, like, f- five years old? Four or five years old? Yeah, four years mm-hmm. old. Yeah, it. I just... I. I think I just was tired of the game. I wanted to. I think I mo- might have moved on to Ninja Gaiden Two. Oh no, that was way after. But just so the audience knows, you beat Ninja Gaiden in twelve minutes and thirty seconds. <laughs> just, just, just bonkers. Uh. Um, but yeah, no, that's and that's forty first. So I'm guessing first is like eleven minutes fifty eight seconds or something like that. Like it can't be that much different. Thirty like, eleven oh. eleven thirty eight. Oh, see, he knows it off the top of his head. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Um, yeah, so it's like there's only so much you can do to get that much better. It's like, well, this is it's time to move on to something else, I guess, right? Yeah, there's there's quite a bit of uh, randomness in that game. The, mm. Any of the enemies that throw hammers, they're random. Uh, and then the final the final bosses are just a pain to get a really good time. You have to have like you have to have really good mashing and be really accurate. It's just a matter of getting lucky at that point when you're dealing with randomness, right? Yeah, I think like the the super top top runners, the the guy that has a record, his name is Arcus. I believe mm-hmm. he he knows the game so well he can play it like so consistently that a lot of the RNG is taken out, but it's still super super insane. <laughs> I gotta ask, do you watch um, Summoning Salt on YouTube? Yeah, yeah, I know who he is. Yeah, I, so I just I just watched the uh, the Ninja Gaiden 
um, video that he did where it talked about Arcus in that speed run. So yeah, that's that's extremely interesting. I mean, a lot of a lot of those stories and how those world records progress are extremely interesting to me and fascinating. So we've we're in about fifteen minutes here, and fifteen minutes might be the longest you've ever done anything, according to this list. <laughs> but I do, I do want to ask how how long do you? Because uh, I mean, again, these these games, a lot of these that I'm scrolling through, I mean, it can be as quick as two minutes. Some of them are five minutes, ten minutes. But certainly, you're practicing getting it down. Like you're you're practicing hours at a time. What's a typical practice session like for you? How long do you usually go, and when do you call it quits? Uh, I think it just it depends, like game to game. Uh, I can I can I learn actually learn pretty quick. So if the game is like fairly straightforward, I can learn it in maybe a couple hours. It depends if it's like a five minute run. I can learn it in like a couple hours. But then there's like. One main one I'm thinking of is the Lone Ranger, which is an awesome game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one I practiced for a full week before doing runs. It's a 57 minute game. <laughs> wow! So that would have to be one of your longer, uh, one of your longer speed runs, right? Yep, that is the the longest run I've done. Gotcha. Dang, yeah, that one's got a little bit more to it, I would think. It's a little bit, if I remember correctly, Lone Ranger is a little bit like, kind of like Legend of the Mystical Ninja, like a Goemon kind of a format where you're going into stores and and getting information and triggering events and that sort of stuff. Yeah, there's also like a 3D shoot-em-up component Yeah, too. that's where, where you're chasing the the carriage. Yeah. And, yeah and there's a lot of cool of stuff in that game. Yeah. Oh, it's really good, yeah. And yeah, by the way, the the record you broke on that one was 15 years ago, uh, and the one you beat, uh, you beat RD Runner, and you beat him by a little more than a minute, and that that record was held for 15 years. Do you ever get mad when somebody beats one of your records, and do you want to go back and like try and reclaim it? Yeah, it it 100% on whatever the game is. There are certain games that I that I will probably heavily defend, but there's other you ones kind of like feel possessive of. Uh, I mean, nobody owns a record, so I won't say that. <laughs> it's the record. It's not your record. <laughs> <laughs> it's very diplomatically for you. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's games that I will always come back to if I if I feel like it. What are some of those games? Uh, Thrilla, because that was my first one. Mm. Right. Uh. See, like, if somebody beat Lone Ranger, I don't know if I would come back to that because it's such a long run. Yeah, right. That's a tough one. And there's a there's a a four frame trick like 24 minutes in that if you miss it, you lose like 45 seconds. Ooh. Yikes! Which is which is how I saved so much time over that old run. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. So that makes sense. So like it's a lot of the ones that maybe if you were one of the first records to, uh, that landed on it, or maybe if it's something you maybe did at a games done quick and you've performed it, you kind of feel like you have not. And again, like you said, you don't really own the record, but you still feel like it's kind of part of you, part of your, your resume. You'll, you'll go back and, and defend your honor, so to speak on some of those. Yeah. Like if I've put in, put in a certain amount of work into the game and I want to yeah keep pushing it like Rygar, that's another one. That's a tough one. Has there ever been any kind of um, new information that's come out? Like, say, for example, you know, you just said Rygar. Say maybe somebody finds, like, oh, you can save a couple seconds here. 
by introducing a new technique. Have you ever gone back and done something, done a new run based on new information within the past few years? Are you on that point? Are you looking for new information on games like that to where you can find an edge where you can shave off a few seconds? Uh, yeah, actually, was it like a month ago? Uh, Ninja Crusaders. I don't know if either of you have played that. Mm-hmm. It's like unfamiliar. Kind of like a Ninja Gaiden meets Contra. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, there was a, a new runner came up with a strat that saved a second and a half in a stage. So I came back in one night and added that to my my PB, put it in the record. Sometimes that's all it takes is just a second and a half. And yeah, sure enough, you're at. Number one for any and for a pacifist run <laughs> where you don't even kill any enemies. Oh my god! <laughs> and then the two-player co-op run, uh, your first in all three categories. Pretty crazy. So, are are there like resource? I mean, what's your main resource for stuff like that? Is it just talking online to people? Are there particular forums you go to? Uh, so like back in the day, there was a site called Speed Demos Archive, and that would be, that's a forum. It's still active. Well, not really active, but there's still people there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mo- most people moved on to speedrun.com, and e- each game has its own like forum on it, so people can talk in that. Or there's uh, like a NES Runners Discord where people can talk about strats in there, or individual like communities can have discords for their own game. Right on. So you you kind of uh, again just. You just kind of popped on on my radar specifically because uh, you commented on a couple Nest Friend <laughs> videos and kind of hilariously I, I stepped in proverbial dog shit because you said um, I, I I don't know I, I probably made some comment about how I thought Rambo was kind of finicky and hard and I said uh, there are people with knife only world records of this so it's just a matter of getting good and. You were like knife only world records, you say, and I thought you were just some random guy. I was like, yeah, man, they exist, stranger <laughs> man. They do exist. Trust me. And you were like, actually, I I, I have that record. <laughs> and I was like, oh snap. So how often, you know, especially watching my videos, do you number one cringe at the footage when I'm dying doing something stupid, and I'm like, the game's hard to understand, and stuff like that. Or you just do you just kind of understand that you're on this echelon of of technical NES prowess that a lot of people just don't understand and we're we're enjoying games in a different in a different way than you are. Uh, it doesn't bother me how other people play. I just I'm a I'm an NES fan in general, so people talking about NES games, that's I'm about that. <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. I was like, "Oh my god," cuz then I looked up your name and I was like, I just kept scrolling for like 30 minutes at all your speedrun <laughs> records and I was like, "Boy, I feel stupid. This is really cool." <laughs> So yeah, I definitely have a lot to learn. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, but I, I was I was building out that question to ask. You know, obviously you're very prolific within the NES community. Is there anyone that's close to you in terms of of number of records or number of games that they've speed run um, on that system on the NES? Yeah, there's uh, there's several people. One of my good buddies, Toad two two four eight four, who has the we have that Ninja Crusaders two player record together. Yep. Uh, yeah, he is a total monster. Yeah. He might have more records than me. I'm not sure. But he's had some well, his, prolific his ones. His bar is a lot smaller. <laughs> so, and he goes back 13 years. Jeez. Yeah, wow. he, he has been playing yeah. a real long time. Yeah. We have to base uh, how good you are in the speedrun community on how small your scroll bar is on speedrun.com. 
he's got the Kabuki. Oh no, I'm sorry. He's sixth with Kabuki Quantum Fighter. What are your favorites, Trav? Oh, I do like that game. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. There's an, another runner, NES Cardinality. He has. Uh, at one point, I think he had the record in all the Dragon Warriors. Yeah. Oh man. He he has a huge list also. That's got to be tough to to speed run something like that. I I'm assuming just based on your catalog here that that style of game is probably not something you would ever you'd ever go toward just because of the the amount of time it would take. Yeah, that and I never really played RPGs like when I was growing up. Like it was all platformer, so hey, that's what I'm good at. What a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah dude i one, mean you're really good at him one record i find really interesting on toad's page is he is fourth with blades of steel now i would think to get the faster time in blades of steel you want to win every game one to nothing because you don't want to waste time with the goalie getting mad and you know all that sort of stuff you know all the celebrations after every goal so you just mm. want to score once and then just play defense yeah it's kind of a silly run that's a tricky one yeah, you score once, and then you camp behind the goal, and then I think there's a certain <laughs> a certain spot where the computer just keeps running into your goalie and getting taken out. <laughs> so you just camp there till the time runs out. That's really funny. <laughs> I'm gonna try that. That's that's actually really funny. I I could probably watch a number of your videos and just have a ton of questions about like how did you you know how did you come up with this idea or like what possessed you to even try this. Um, but is a lot of the stuff like you know, glitching through walls and a lot of the stuff that, you know, casual folks like me only see during games done quick when I'm, you know, watching those marathons and I'm like, who even comes up with that? Is a lot of that crowdsourced or like, you know, does the speedrun community come together and, and do that? Or, you know, are, are you able to find a lot of that stuff just on your own through trial and error? Yeah, I think it's it's all of them. I think at this point, I'm getting, I'm pretty good at like finding glitches. Cause I, I've, I mean, However many games I've run over, like 150, I've if I've I've learned ga- glitches for all those games. I can apply those to like a new game, like a homebrew. Like I do some beta testing for homebrew people, and like since I have such a like a knowledge of different glitches, I can try and apply those to new games. Oh, okay. So how do you go looking for those? Like, are you do you look at the code itself? No, I have no idea how to do that. I just mess around. <laughs> You just screw around. <laughs> and so make, your... make sure you're always recording, yeah. even if you're practicing. What's like your intuitive sense to come up to find something like that? Is I mean, I, it's probably hard to put into words, but. Yeah, I just try, just try like everything. Just everything that is available to you at the moment. And yeah, like, like I have like figurative like encyclopedia of glitches of other games so I can <laughs> try and apply those. Yeah. Does it help to know like who made the game? So like if you're playing a Konami game, you're like, well, I played a Konami game once where I I did this. Does it work like that sort of? Or is it just like any NES game could have this capability just because of the way that the architecture is? Uh, I think, I don't know that I really go by the company. I mean, Capcom okay. games have a lot of zipping, which is where you get inside the wall and then the game tries to push you out super fast. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I always wanted to know when it comes to speedrunning and, like, recording official stuff, you know, like, okay, for speedrun.com at least, is there any kind of authentication process? Like, does footage need to be recorded in a certain way or in a certain format? Or how does that work where you, you're like, hey, here's something I want to submit that I just recorded. 
can it be disqualified because you didn't do something right? Or how does that part of it work? Uh, I would say it would depend. Like, I think the higher up on the leaderboard you want to get, like, the higher the burden of proof is on the runner. Oh, to, okay. Yeah. To provide a, like, you can't, if someone submits, like, a world record time on, like, a board that I moderate, and, like, there's no sound on it, like, that's, that's kind of a red flag. Yeah, it is, yeah. Well, our friend uh, Billy Mitchell <laughs> has proven that, yes, cheating exists in all forms of gaming. Is that something you've seen or that you've dealt with yourself? Or, you know, is that a thing within the speedrunning community by any chance? Yeah, I've exposed a couple of cheaters. <laughs> good, good for you. In uh, Hell yeah. a couple of Ninja Gaiden runs, actually. Oh, wow. Wow. Mike. So you so you moderate a board, so that means like when the videos like when videos come in, you're actually like you you watch the whole thing and and see what you think. Well, I mean, it depends if it's not if it's pretty slow. I I might not watch the whole thing, but right, right, yeah, of course, like that same thing. The higher up the run, the more you got to pay attention to it. Wow. So I guess maybe not not to get into like all the hot goss, but how can you tell? Like with the, you know, maybe with the couple that you found, what were some giveaways that they were fake? Yeah, there was a an old Ninja Gaiden one. It was an emulator run, which you have to be more careful with emulator runs because you can play movies back. Like you can oh, play pre-recorded inputs. They were seriously playing movies back? Ugh. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> what? Uh, another uh, Ninja Gaiden runner and mod, he had actually saved their their whole stream from those attempts and from the start of the stream to that that actual run they were doing different strats within like that hour so they were doing like vastly different movements in the the air quote pb jeez so they they didn't cover their tracks very well is that kind of what you're saying i mean the run was stayed on the board for a long time and then i eventually Message them on YouTube and they admitted it. <laughs> That's all it took. They you just, just called them out and they were like, "Well, I had, I had, I, co- I compiled a video of comparisons of their strats within that stream, and I, I posted all my evidence to them, and they were like, yep <laughs> wow, good job.' That's cool, <laughs> yeah, man. That's awesome. That's you, you being like." You know, not not saying you're like the super no fun speedrun police, but like that's still that's almost as cool as getting records is sort of being able to like inspect and interrogate everyone's uh, submissions because you do kind of want to keep this pure for yourself. You're you're a big part of it, so it's important to to keep it that way. And I think that's cool. Yeah, I mean it's it's a silly thing. Who can play the video game the fastest? But I mean, why are you going to cheat it? I don't think it's that silly. I play them slow as hell. I think that's sillier than what you're doing. So, <laughs> yeah, man, right on. I think that's I was going to say there, there was another thing I wanted to point out. So I, I looked at your YouTube channel, and it's it's sort of a mismatch of our mismatch of uh, some some of your gaming stuff and then some other stuff. And recently, you posted one of your runs, like physical running there. And a recent one was like you ran a mile in almost five minutes. And I just got to know, like, is there anything that you don't do fast? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Do you walk slow? Do you, uh... I think I do actually kind of walk slow. <laughs> now that you've mentioned say, it. There's got to be something that you don't do just blazingly fast. Uh, Evidently, running's not one of them, though. Was it like 5 minutes, 17 seconds or something like that? 
Yeah, that was a that was a funny one. I so I had a PB from high school. It was several years ago. It was uh five twenty five, and then like out of the blue, I was like, I want to see what I can do, and I with no watch, I did like a five thirty five, and I was like, I guess we should take this PB down. <laughs> Dang, man, that speedrunner brain it just doesn't go away. It's just, it's, uh, it just it goes everywhere with you. It's a part of you. Yeah, no doubt. That's pretty cool, though. I I was I kind of laughed because the time that it took you to set up the camera, go down, stretch, run the whole mile, come back and turn off the camera, I still couldn't have finished the mile. So, pretty impressive stuff to say the least. Yeah, well, there's I mean, there's nothing else to do right now but stay in shape. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a good point. true that. So uh, we have some listener questions, Alex. Uh, do you want to get started on those? Well, here's the thing. The champion of burgers, the current champion of burgers, Burger Champ, uh, he sent us like a, a big list of questions. Of th- but the thing is, is that they're all good questions, and they're all well thought out and well phrased and everything. Uh, so I'm getting to another Burger Champ question, and I'm not doing this to taunt you, Trav, because we know Burger Mania 2021 is, is <laughs> right around the corner. As soon as this lifts, I'm going to go challenge Burger Champ. We're going to go to a, we're going to go to a nice little sit down diner. We're going to go. Mano y mano, burgery burger, and I'm taking him down. I hope you do. I'm tired of these questions. Oh, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to show this guy. So he says, I know that tutorial sections are more of a recent gaming construct, although I've always argued that Super Mario Bros. 1-1 is a perfect tutorial. And he says, I find that some tutorials are a slog, and some are so subtle that you barely notice them. What games do you think do tutorial sections the best, and what are the worst? I have a candidate for best. I liked, um, I think it was Portal 2. It was uh, really funny, and I was gonna that kind of kept me engaged. I swear to God, I was going to say the first Portal game, because it's Maybe so... it was the first. Yeah, no, it's, it's, wh- it's, it really is both of them, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really funny. Uh, you know, obviously talking to Wheatley, he's hilarious. There's one where he, like he tells you to do something and you do what the computer says, but you the thing that you do is different. I think like he wants you to duck, but the button that it tells you to push you jump and he goes, "Oh, look, you've jumped. You didn't duck or something like that." But that's just kind of funny to me. Like it it has a nice sense of humor. Like it's like the player's not going to get confused for the rest of the game because we put this one little joke in. Yeah. So that helps it along. For the worst, nothing really stands out, but anything where and this is kind of counter counterintuitive to the way a tutorial should work, but if I can't skip it, I immediately hate it. Like even if I need it, like because if I play it again and I have to, like, oh yeah, I know how to do stuff. Like I don't, um, I, I hate sitting through them when I don't want to. So the unskippable, unskippable tutorials that aren't sort of baked into the game structure are the ones that bother me uh, yeah. the most, probably. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What about you, Mister White Hat? Uh, like as far as speedrunning goes, uh. A really annoying one is Little Samson. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because you, you have to play through all four characters, and there's a, a pattern with... You have to fight the dragon at the end of that, that if he gives you the bad pattern, you lose three seconds. Ooh. So it's... And that's, that's close to a third of the run. It's just those four stages. <laughs> oh, really? That's crazy. I remember when I first played that game, I thought that was it. I was like, I beat it. Oh, wait, no, the game's just starting, isn't it? <laughs> there's more to this. Yeah, what about for, you, Alex? For me, any sports game that's like, here's how you hit, here's how you pitch. I can't oh, think of yeah. any on the top of my head, but it's like, listen, I can figure it out. These games take forever. I just want to do whatever, you know. Get, 
Get out of my way. The recent Madden game, or not, I shouldn't say recent, but like 2000, I, I think it was 2009 Madden had like some super annoying, it wasn't even a tutorial, it was just like, uh, here's how franchise mode works, and it's just like, get out of my way, please. <laughs> but yeah, it was... Um, I, just I think a, the, the, the Blitz games do that too, like NFL Blitz, like yeah. if you played that, anytime that you... If you played the game, if you just played an exhibition game, it would interrupt you constantly to be like, this is how you tackle. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> one other one, I for the first time I played Advanced Wars, I didn't think the tutorial was skippable. I thought I had to go through all 13 stages and complete Ugh. all of them which takes hours <laughs> and uh, it wasn't until after the fact it's like oh you can just scroll down this menu and go to skip and i'm like really okay well that would have been useful information a few hours ago but yeah <laughs> those games are addictive anyway oh yeah they're great i love those games cool uh next up brad from brooklyn he says in 30 years do you think retro gaming as a term will include everything from Atari to PlayStation 5? Will we start to forget the older games or will some endure? I think we're going to get divided into categories, like further categories at that point. We're going to go, you know, 90s retro. We're going to go 2000s retro. You know, it's, it's good. And I think people will get more familiar with generations, like fifth generation, yeah. fourth generation, that sort of stuff. Um, so I think it will be considered retro gaming, but I just don't think it will. Like right now, I think we're at the precipice of like, because right now it's kind of weird because it's like, is GameCube and Dreamcast, like is that retro gaming? And it's I feel kind of weird calling that stuff retro because, <laughs> you know, it's it's just different. It just feels different than everything yeah. else. Yeah, I agree. I, I like maybe at some point, like they do with cars, there would be like the term like classic and vintage and all of that. There but I also agree with you. I think breaking it down a little bit by what the games actually did makes more sense. Like, you know, there's the of course the bit the bit generation, and then there's the there you go. Yeah. Well, what you you've called the uh, the adolescent polygon or whatever you call like adolescent oh, yeah. or um, sorry, polygon pu puberty or something. Yeah, it's, uh, like video games going through puberty. That's what. Uh... N64, like PlayStation 1, N64, PlayStation 1, yeah. Saturn. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's like a whole thing in and of itself. Then you have I guess the the can now now it can drive age, which was like right around the PS2. Like I I'd let that get a license and then we have like the more sophisticated graphics. Beyond that though, I don't know. Like I don't know what in 30 years what does gaming look like? I mean, does it I mean, what it's going to be I, it's move it's all over the yeah. place, I think, because we're going to, you know, indie game, indie developers are going to have more and more resources. Um, so indie games are going to be, you know, look at this, you know, right now, for the most part, it's uh, we're, we're, we're seeing stuff that's like Metroidvania, you know, 2D mm -hmm. side scrolling stuff. Like how many of those are there? Like Wakamele and Hollow Knight and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we're, we're going to see more and more advanced stuff from uh, those folks. But the AAA games, I have no freaking clue what those are going to look like. Who knows? Yeah, dude. You just unplug something from the back of your head like in the Matrix and then <laughs> plug it back in when you want to play it again. What about you, White Hat? Do you have an opinion on, on these qualifiers for what's retro and not? Yeah, it's, that's weird. It's, I mean, it's got to be like all subjective because there's kids that the GameCube was their first thing. So is that retro? It's retro for them, right? Yeah, true. That's like... 15 years ago? More than that, 20, right, 20 yeah. years ago. 
Yeah. That's... Yeah, I guess it really depends, like, uh, person to person, too. You're right. Yeah. Like, what do they consider? Yeah. I don't know. 20 years ago was GameCube. Don't tell me that. Ugh. <laughs> so old. You, you did say that you did start a sentence that said the recent Madden, and then you stopped and corrected it to the 2009 <laughs> Madden. So, yes, you might be old. Uh, <laughs> maybe. That's big if true. <laughs> big if true. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that does it for uh, those listener questions. So thank you, Burger Champ and uh, Brad from Brooklyn for submitting those. And I guess we'll sign off the show here now. White Hat, uh, can you... Maybe give everybody a hint as to when you'll be playing Contra Rebirth and uh, Micromages at Summer Games Done Quick next month. Yeah, the Micromages is going to be that Monday, I think it's the 17th, at like 8 a.m. And oh. Contra is at like 5 a.m. on Friday, I think. Whoa. Oh, man. Okay, I got to get up they... early for I I want to see the Micromages one for sure. And I mean, there's there's always going to they always save the VOD, so even if oh, you don't. Right on. If you don't catch them live, you can just catch it after. Right on, yeah. Cool. Well, everyone, be sure to check that out. And, of course, donate if you can. And I guess that's been another episode of the Drunk Friend Podcast. You can reach out to us at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions. And if you'd simply like to help out the show, remember to rate and review us wherever you listen. Yes, please do that. We're on Twitter as well. I'm at TravPlaysGames. Alex is, of course, at SNESDrunk. And you can catch White Hat on Twitter at WhiteHat94. As usual, we want to give our shout-out to Coolor for the podcast music. That song you heard at the beginning of the podcast and what you'll hear later as this podcast concludes is called Electric Star Bounce, and you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. Right on. Be sure to catch us all on YouTube, and thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. Cheers. But hold on, everybody. We have one more interview coming up. It's very important. Hey, don't go anywhere yet. I know we already said cheers and all that other stuff, but listen, we have another interview coming up. A very important guest has dropped into the Drunk Friend podcast. Alex is going to take it from here. I'll catch you next week, but Alex, hopefully you've got this one. I'm going to peace out. Take it away. All right, let me introduce you. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Lily. She is a world-famous gamer, (laughs) (laughs) and she is the niece of Pearl, a.k.a. The Pearl my girlfriend, uh, who you may know. And listen, Lily, I got to ask you, what game is it that you've been playing out there in the living room for the past hour and a half? I've been playing Rainbow Six Siege. I don't know if you hear me. but well, if been... it shows up on there, then they can hear you. This isn't I got to project my voice. Yeah, you do. Oh, okay. The game I've been playing out there for the past couple, maybe hour and a half, maybe two hours. <gasps> Is Rainbow Six Siege by Tom Clancy. Tom Clancy's Six Siege? Something well, like that. Yeah, Tom he, Tom Clancy's not the game developer. Oh. He's like <laughs> the author of the books that the games are based on. Oh. I don't know who develops the games. <laughs> Here, let me, let me pull up a picture of Tom Clancy for you so you can see what he looks like. Is he still alive? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't know. <laughs> Um, did he die not too long? He did die a few oh years ago. So there he is. Yeah, that's Tom Clancy. Wow. So yeah, is that who you thought that would look like? Nope. Nope. Uh, absolutely <laughs> not. Okay. So yeah. That that's uh t- he he wrote the books that are like the ad- these adventure stories that are based on like military stuff and it's like 
Yeah, so they yeah. turn those into games, and yeah. that's what you've been playing. Yeah. What do you like about them? I like that you have to have strategy, and you can't just like go in there and like, oh, I'm just going to kill these. You, you can't just have... be Rambo. Yeah, you have to have just a little bit of strategy. But you have to, you have to focus on the game, mainly. You have to get into the game. You have to know the map, too, right? Oh, yeah. You yeah. To... How many maps are there? There's like maybe over 10 honestly so do you have a favorite map mm, right now i really like villa and my my very favorite is clubhouse why is that because Club- it's more closed oh yeah it's it's smaller and that's like that map is the easiest map i'd <laughs> say out of all of them <laughs> it's easy the format of the map is easy to learn and okay yeah well, that's good, because a lot of those games, um, like, what I'm used to seeing you playing was Battle Royale stuff, like <laughs> <laughs> like Fortnite, yeah. and that stuff is the same map every time, practically. Oh, yeah. And it's you just know the island, uh-huh. so it must be nice to get to learn all these other maps. Oh, yeah. Instead of, like, the same area over and over. <laughs> While that area may be very big, it's uh-huh. like, it gets kind of old. Oh, yeah. Definitely. You, in a type in, in a type of game like that, you definitely need different maps. <laughs> so Lots what of different maps? What other games are you playing? I like Call of Duty Black Ops Three. Zombies, preferably. Zombies. zombies. Yeah, zombies. They have a zombies version. Uh-huh. So do you have to shoot them in the head? Yeah. For them to <laughs> die. Well, it's better to shoot them in the head. It kills them faster. Do they still come after you after you shoot them in the head? Uh, it depends on what wave of, you are. It how just, much of the head they take off? Oh yeah, <laughs> depends. Depends if your gun is packer punched, <laughs> like oh, okay. upgraded. You have to have yeah. If you want to do good in zombies, you have to keep upgrading your gun. Okay. Yeah. How do you upgrade your gun in that game? Do you just you, find stuff? Oh yeah, you have to unlock different doors to get to which which is called the packer punch. You okay. get Packer Punch. And when you get Packer Punch, you can keep pa- you can keep Packer Punching it <laughs> to make it stronger. It gives you different abilities, like Thunderwall. If you shoot the zombies, it makes the other zombies around them, like, kind of, ah, and they die too. <laughs> really? Yeah. They all freak out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, so... Okay, so that's one. Is are there uh-huh. any other game modes there, or is it just a, you just do the zombie thing? There's or? yeah for Black Ops Three. There's multiplayer zombies. Is there capture the flag? Um, do you ever do no. That? But for Modern Warfare, Call of Duty Modern oh, there Warfare. You go. Oh yeah, I play that one a lot too. That's what I used to play when I was yeah. younger because it's team based and you get to yell at your teammates <laughs> for, for failing. Oh yeah, and. <laughs> You knew he was there. That's that's what I miss most about like team combat stuff with uh-huh. my old tech school friends was just being like I remember one time when I was playing Counter-Strike and that was kind of like what um you're playing now uh-huh. where you set the bomb, 
Yeah. And then you you run away. I didn't know how to set the bomb. Uh-huh. <laughs> I yeah. had my my key I was playing with keyboard and mouse and my mouse settings and my keyboard settings were all messed up cuz uh-huh. I just got there. Yeah. And I just set up my stuff and they were like, "Alex, set up the bomb. What's wrong with you?" And it was a whole house of people <laughs> uh-huh. like screaming uh, yeah. at me. That's that's how it is for siege like people <laughs> people stay quiet on their mics but if you're gonna if you're doing something wrong yeah. they're like wait what are you doing they're behind you <laughs> they'll unmute their mics so, to tell you that. The bomb. so it's nice to hear things haven't changed very much over the years because yeah. yeah that's something i, I can relate to mm-hmm. so and it should be pointed out that you're playing xbox one you're playing xbone oh yeah <laughs> xbone yeah xbone <laughs> that's what it stands for but yeah why don't you play ps4 is it, do you feel let me ask you this do you feel like an allegiance towards xbox one versus <laughs> playstation 4 or versus nintendo switch do you care honestly I, f- I feel like a lot of people do care and there's a lot of things like oh okay eh, you're this if you play xbox and this if you but honestly i like them both Mm. But I do like the way the controller feels for the Xbox One. I gotta agree with that. I do like the Xbox controller a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, they've done a really nice job with that over the years. But, oh, yeah. But that that is a thing, though, at your school where people... That yes. blows my mind yeah. because that was a thing at my <laughs> school with Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis, and this was 20 years ago. <laughs> and people were crazy. But the thing is, is those games had much different elements. Oh, yeah. But these systems are like there's not that much different yeah and siege took me a while like i play it like almost every day really it take it's taken me a while to get where i am and i'm only like a level 110 (laughs) to get where you are yeah so you're still working on that oh yeah how many hours do you put into this per day (laughs) if i can i'd go all day maybe (laughs) right on so you go okay so you're still working on this you see what helps you practice the most? Is it just... Is there a practice mode in games like that, or no? Uh, well, the only thing closest to, like, a practice mode in Siege is Terrace Hunt, and you just have, like, a bunch of different, like, just, like, PCs okay. shooting you, and you can do easy, normal, hard, and you just practice with that. Like, surprisingly, easy is pretty hard. Okay. It's pretty hard. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Have you ever played with a keyboard mouse with your setup or no? I've, you you just you're just used to the controller. I I've played um, on PC before. I like it better, but it's very mm. hard. It's See, very hard. when I, you were always like, "Would you play? You need to play Minecraft with me," <laughs> uh, yeah. and then I die in like two minutes because I can't do first person shooters with uh-huh. a controller. <laughs> so I'm always like, "How do you manage to do that with a uh-huh. controller? It's too hard." So uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know, honestly. Don't know. <laughs> yeah. is, is Clyde helping you a lot with your with your gaming? Oh yes. Oh yeah, he's oh, he's yeah. moral support. Yes. Well, he's moral That's support there. for your podcast appearance right here. Hello, Clyde. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> What's your puppy's name, by the way? I know you just got a new puppy. Bonita. Bonita. Uh huh. You gotta you gotta say the ta with the <laughs> bonita ta with like your tongue behind your yep. front teeth so true, it's like ta a true Latino <laughs> yes exactly like a real Spaniard uh huh ta <laughs> but thank you okay I think that's about ten minutes so I think we're good thank you for coming on Liliana thank you for having me Alex. oh. <laughs> <laughs>
It's you've been a wonderful guest. Thank you. And we'll make sure to have you on again sometime. I will. I'm looking forward to that. That was very insightful. Yes. I learned a lot, and I'm our glad. our audience will learn a lot too. I hope they do. <laughs>